Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Here we are on a Thursday, and welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way each and every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern until high noon. You can find us on YouTube at Chatterbox Sports. We ask you to please subscribe to the show, flip on the notification switch. And I'm told by Paul Fritzner, who's got all the bases covered, we are now on something called Reddit under the subreddit Chatterbox Sports. Before we get to the day and or last night in sports, could you please explain what that means to me? Reddit, what is Reddit? It's like the wild west of the internet, but it's a place where you can kind of congregate everything that you're talking about in one spot. It's a little different than Twitter, um, but it's just a spot that I think that if we grow this page on Chatterbox Sports the right way, it could be a home for just anything Cincinnati sports too, or this show or topics that we talk about things that the people listening to this show want to talk about. So just under the subreddit chatterbox sports, you can go and join and be a part of the community. We started posting a little bit on there. Casey, are you a Reddit guy? Um, whatever that means. <laughs> a Reddit guy. I, I'm not a Reddit guy, honestly, but I will be now just to see what we're posting oh, in there, to okay. see what we're talking about. So is this like a, I mean, it, is this like a YouTube? Is it like a, uh, is it like Twitter or, I mean, help me here. It's uh, more like Twitter. It's okay. it's more like Twitter than anything it's else. It's a discussion forum. It's a discussion it forum. Is. Okay. Yep. Big Art. First time I've seen Big Art in the chat room. Big Art, <laughs> welcome. Glad to have you. Have you seen him before? I have not. Okay, not. Big Art. He says, I love that Tom has no idea what Reddit is. <laughs> well, we're educating it, Dom. Our buddy uh, Sir Boy Wonder says this show greater than the Dan Patrick show. Well, we got we got a long way to go. And six four one two Mars says I'm not savvy on Reddit either. Okay, <laughs> so six four one two Mars, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Um, we're also available in podcast form. That seems to be the most popular place to find our show so far. Is that right, Paul? Yeah, I would say outside of YouTube, this show has been popping all over the place on on uh, podcast form. All the Chatterbox shows are in podcast form uh, under the same channel, basically. If you just search Chatterbox Sports or Off the Bench, anything like that. Yep. Now, for a programming note today, we're mixing it up. Content is king, as the saying goes, right? Yep. So your show, Not Too Picky, which normally runs at 2 in the afternoon on Monday and Thursday. Yep. Today, your show is going to immediately follow this show, and then Boxed Lunch is coming up after that. Is that right? Only on Fridays. So on, Only on Friday. Okay. Yep, yep. So Boxed Lunch will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, my show, The Gambling Show, which will run about a half hour on Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays, it'll be at 1 o'clock following the Boxed Lunch, so we'll go straight from you to the Boxed Lunch. So that's going to be Straight our to. regular programming schedule <clears throat> exactly. once we get everything kind of up and running. So basically the way this is going to work is you're going to tune into this live stream that you all are watching right now. If you're listening on podcast form, we're going to dice it all up individually. But if you're watching it right now on YouTube, this is basically going to turn into a uh, day-long Chatterbox Sports live stream, starting with your show and then transitioning into whatever's next. <laughs> the Real Spirit Cat won. And again, uh, 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 another uh, member of the chat, which I've not seen before. Forgive me if, uh, if I've missed you, the real spirit cat one. He or she 
says, if you think of the human body, Twitter <laughs> would be the left armpit and Reddit would be the right armpit. I think that's a pretty apt way to put it. Yeah, that's, a, that's appropriate. <laughs> that's a pretty good way to put it. Okay. All right. Well, World Series. Wow. If you watched Game 4 last night in Philadelphia, you saw postseason history. Christian Javier. What an amazing story this guy is. He's from a Dominican Republic. His mom and dad flew in to Philadelphia for the game last night, spent time with him the night before. They knew after Houston had lost that this was going to be the biggest start of his life. And what does he do? Javier and three relievers toss the first combined no-hitter in postseason history in a 5-0 Astros win. If you watched Javier last night, this guy was unbelievable. His pitches piled up, so they had to get him out of the game. He goes six, strikes out nine, walks two. He becomes the first pitcher ever. Think about all the pitchers, the great ones that have pitched in the postseason. He becomes the first pitcher ever with two consecutive starts, the other going back to the LCS, of going at least five innings and allowing one hit or no hits. The series is now even at two games apiece. Game five tonight in Philly. And this is where legends are born. Justin Verlander has one of the worst career ERAs of any guy that's going to the Hall of Fame or is in the Hall of Fame in World Series history. He's not been there, and he wasn't there when they gave him a 5-0 lead in Game 1. He has a chance to make amends tonight. Verlander v. Noah Syndergaard in Game 5 tonight. All right, football news. Bengals, they had a walkthrough yesterday since they played on Monday night, and they're back at full go today, getting ready for Sunday's game against Carolina. Apparently, Jamar Chase was seen walking with crutches yesterday, the aid of crutches yesterday. Eli Apple looks like he's back this week. And, you know, some weeks you might say big deal. For this week, it's a really big deal with all the injuries that took place in the secondary on Monday night. Sunday is a home game, a 1 o'clock kickoff. Bengals are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. At least that was at last check. Thursday night football tonight in Houston. Philadelphia looks to stay unbeaten against the Texans. The Eagles are a 14-point favorite. Elsewhere in the AFC North, and we're talking all about this, by the way, on Thursday. Forgive me for interrupting here, uh, because I'm out tomorrow. I'm on my way to visit my daughter down in Texas at college, and uh, no show tomorrow. Did we ever figure out, by the way, what we're doing tomorrow? Yes, the box lunch will run tomorrow during your time Good. slot. Good. Yep. Okay, excellent. So Trace and Reed will be here for yep. that. Uh, you two will be here for that. Yep, and then we'll be down at uh, X and Moeller for the playoff game straight Ooh, from that. Yep. Big-time game. Yep. Big-time game. X gave Moeller all they wanted during the regular season. I mean, St. X got kicked around. They play an unbelievable schedule. Moeller did not lose all year long until the end of the season. That was against a team up in Cleveland that's ranked ahead of them in the state rankings. But now Moeller v. St. X, huh? Round two right here. Chatterbox Sports. We got it all covered for you. 
Uh, the Browns and Steelers have the week off. The Ravens will play on Monday night in New Orleans, Baltimore. Kind of interesting. Only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We'll get into that here shortly. We're doing all our picks, as I mentioned today. College, huge weekend. Huge weekend in college football. A pair of first-place matchups in the Southeastern Conference. In the East, you've got number one Tennessee going to number three and defending national champion Georgia. The Volunteers, despite being ranked number one, are an eight-and-a-half-point underdog in that game. Kickoff at 3.30 on CBS. On the western front of the SEC, number 10 LSU, they've come from nowhere, will host number six Alabama. The Crimson Tide, a whopping 13-and-a-half-point favorite over Brian Kelly's Tigers. That's a night game. (laughs) Oh! I've never been there, but I'm told there is nothing like a night game in Baton Rouge. That place will be insane come 7 p. on Saturday night. (laughs) Love to be down there for that game. Number two, Ohio State, a 38-point favorite at Northwestern. That one will kick at noon on ABC. Also at 12, over on Fox. It's unbeaten to number seven, TCU hosting Texas Tech. I'll be right there. That's 11 a.m. kick in Fort Worth, Texas. The Horned Frogs are a nine and a half point favorite, and the whole Fox pregame show is going to be down there for that one. I can't wait to see that scene. It's not a very big school. It's about the size. What's Xavier's uh, undergrad? 10, 11,000? No, only four. Four? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. TCU's a little bigger than that then. About 10, 11. So, uh, but that place will be jumping. Number four, an undefeated Clemson. Now, this is a really interesting game. The Tigers will go to Notre Dame. The Tigers, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That is a 7.30 kickoff. My wife, who is a Notre Dame alum, is meeting her father flying in from Arizona. And uh, Polly and our son Luke are headed to South Bend, Indiana. That game will be on NBC. You see a 19-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Naval Academy, and I'll only refer to them as a Naval Academy. We always salute the men and women in the armed services of the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. That game starts at 4 o'clock, and boy, how times have changed for UC. They are playing on ESPNU. Yikes. Yeah. They haven't played on ESPNU in probably, what, two years? Nothing's wrong with ESPNU, but, I mean, it's not ABC. It's not, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, fellas, uh, you're up to speed on everything happening. Uh, all the big stuff in college football, pro football. We'll get to our picks in about uh, 15 minutes from now. We have Paul Doherty coming up. That'll be at 11 o'clock. We've not had Doc on since the Monday night game. So we'll get his thoughts on that game and what went down in Cleveland uh, and his thoughts in general on, you know, what's going on with the Bengals. What now? He wrote a very interesting column. The morning line is back on Substack.com. And uh, we will uh, dive into him writing the other day about being cynical 
and where cynicism comes from. And it's important, according to Doc, to have a cynical streak when you are a local sports columnist, as he was at the Enquirer for 35 years. And then, of course, you never know what's coming. We call it the best 30 minutes of television. I mean, you can't go to Amazon. You can't go to Netflix. You can't go to something called Hulu. Uh, you can't go anywhere that's any better than our guy, Casey, the Tracer. The Tracer. Tracer. He's uh, down at his palatial estate. He was unhappy. Uh, if you weren't with us with the accommodations at his alleged six-star resort in Cancun about three weeks ago, and apparently he's rented this big house, he's got family coming in, uh, says his wife is in charge of all of this stuff, and that she is not holding up her end of the bargain. All right, fellas, uh, I, I gave you a little tip-off here, and I need your help as young men. I don't know if I would refer to you as drip young men, I love that word, drip. My son uses it a lot. We've used it a little bit in here. But I need your advice, okay? Sure. I need your advice on my attire for this weekend at TCU. All right. Okay, so here's the deal. Let me, let me start with this, and then you fill me in. Okay. Okay, because this, to me, for me, is the one I wrestle with the most. Okay. Okay? So... The weather down in Fort Worth, it's supposed to rain tomorrow, but, you know, we're going to this function. It's Dad's weekend down there, and uh, we're going to go to this function at this rooftop bar. So, you know, you throw on a pair of khakis, you, you know, you, you wear a shirt, maybe kind of like I have on now, or a golf shirt. Temperature's going to be nice, but it might be raining. Um, but Saturday is what I'm looking for here, okay? My daughter and I went out last year, and she said to me, Dad... You need to get, I normally wear running shoes every day, right? I'm a runner, not a big runner, but I'm a runner. I like doing it for exercise. Um, she says, Dad, you need to get some of these white shoes, white tennis shoes that all the, the, the young people are kind of wearing and that some drip dads show up wearing every now and again, okay? I put them on last year. I went to the football game in them, and I really was not that comfortable in these tennis shoes. I mean, they're nice. You know, they look good, had a pair of shorts on, you know. What kind of shoes? Golf shirt. They're, 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 they're something that's the hip crowd. Okay. Not, right? not Air Monarchs? Uh, I don't know. What do they look right. like? Can you pull them up and put them on the screen? I'd be well, able to Are tell they like that. athletic brand? Are they like your Converse brand? No, not a Converse brand. They're, they're, they're uh, I don't know if they're leather or not, but I mean, you know what I'm getting at here? Sure. You know, so, I mean, is that what you're talking about? No, no, I was talking leather, but I mean, the leather's a wrong word choice. But, but uh, anyway, uh, pull those things up and let me see. Here, here is the question I'm asking, okay? When you're a 59-year-old man, okay, and I'm very comfortable, probably shouldn't be, but I'm very comfortable knowing the weather is going to be on Saturday. Now, it's an 11 o'clock game, as I mentioned, um, and so it's got a chance to be a little chilly in the morning. But once a game gets started, temperatures are supposed to get up in the, in the 70s. So I'm, I'm totally cool wearing a pair of shorts, you know, nice khaki shorts, something like that, and then a TCU golf shirt, right? You want to throw these bad boys on, Tom? Well, let's see. Let me see. Those bad boys? There there we throw are. them on when you get a chance. There, look at that. Look at that right there. I'm well, to, be the, all no, tripped no, out no, those, those are much more those are much more athletic looking. 
than the ones I'm talking about. Okay. Those look like you could go out and run in them. Yeah. Yeah, the, these shoes that I'm talking about are not go out and run in them. Cut some grass. These yeah, are air, these, <laughs> not a chance. These are Air Monarchs for anybody that isn't looking. Yeah, right. well, I'm about to put it on stream, stream. right? I'm going to put it on stream All here right. in a second. Okay, you got to find something else. Look, I don't want to sit here and talk about me the whole time because people are dropping off the chat in sight. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Um, Sir Boy Wonder brings up the point that comes to mind because the one thing about Fort Worth, even though it's only about 35, 40-minute drive from Dallas, Fort Worth is old school Texas. The stockyards down there, you know, you got the cowboy boot shops, you've got the hats, you got all that going on, right? So I, that's fine, and I, and I, and I love that, that whole thing, but I'm not wearing that to a college football game. I'm not wearing jeans and a pair of cowboy boots when it's going to be 70-something degrees, okay? Yeah. Um, you got a belt buckle? <laughs> I have a great belt for that kind of attire. I really do. All right. Yes, well, a buddy of mine gave, it, gave me his. He was getting fat, and so he gave him to me. Uh, and now I'm getting fat and probably have to give it to one of you guys. Uh, so, you know, Sir Boy Wonder says, I need the cowboy boots and a hat. That's not happening. What are Yeezys? That might be so, it. What are Yeezys? What are those? <laughs> do we have those? It's not those. No. I, can right, put look, up I don't want to spend all this time on here talking about this, but you get the gist of what I'm saying here, okay? Instead of me just putting on, like, um, uh, regular running shoes, kind of like what you put up, kind of, not really. Um, or, you know, a 59-year-old man wearing, you know, something like you put up. What do you think? I mean, do you look like an idiot when you're doing that? You or? can't be wearing the Air Force Ones, Tom. Or the, the, the Air Monarchs, the, which is what, what we just put, put up. a second ago? Yeah, yeah. You're you cutting can't. grass in those, Tom. That's yeah, a nice. Well, that's, oh, I already that's a nice. Those aren't the shoes I'm talking about. That's a nice yeah, Saturday morning. You've got your Dunkin' Donuts coffee. No, no, You're, no, you're no. hopping on the riding lawnmower. Pop a podcast in. I don't have a riding lawnmower. My yard's not that big, oh. so I just cut it with a regular old push mower. <laughs> but um, you got what, what's the cowboy boot situation? You could pull it off. Throw yeah. some jeans I'm on it. I'm not wearing that to a college football game. I'm like, I, oh, well, I, I am the king of comfort. Wherever I go, I want to be comfortable. And I'm not – I mean, I, I love cowboy boots. I love them. But not to go to a college football game. Oh, I thought we were talking about the night before. No, no, no. The night, I'm not worried about the night. Um, oh, king of comfort. The shoes we just put up, they're the most comfortable shoe but, on the but planet. But it's not those shoes. I would be comfortable in those shoes. I know you would be. I would be, I'm just wanting I, to I know would what not be. I'm not so for. sure I'm comfortable in the ones that I'm talking about. Like, were they a canvas shoe? No, or they're they like a No, a they're definitely shoe? not. They're definitely not. Sir Boy uh, Wonder. Trace Fowler, our CEO, the boss, he says, do whatever your daughter wants. That's all that matters. And you know what? Um He's right. Alex says, uh, ask Marty to chime in. Not a chance. Not a chance. Marty's got some drip. He's got zero drip. Ah, pull over. You know what? For an 80-year-old man, he probably does have some drip. Yeah. I, I might concede. Those it. shoes he was wearing in the studio the other day? Uh, I, now, see, I wouldn't even notice that. Marty had it going on? Yeah, no socks, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, like some slip-ons. No socks like with the slip-on. Yeah, big leg operator. Yeah. There's no question. I'll say this, no uh, Matt brings up a really good it, point with the Hey Dudes. This actually would be my real suggestion. What is this? The Hey Dudes. 
They're like a really comfy yes. brand. Extremely comfy. I'm going to put them on air. Comfort is king with these, Tom. No free ads. but William says, Tom, I'm 61. He says, no, under any circumstances. No. Bright white shoes, man. Those are called old man shoes. I'm not talking about. So, so those are I'm not talking those are about good. this kind of thing. Come on. Those are no, comfy no, no. Shoes. Those are oh good. Oh really my comfy. god. There's no way. I look like like William said. I mean, I look like one of those dudes that's eating dinner at four o'clock. <laughs> Come on. I'm not wearing those. Good <laughs> well, lord. Early bird special. Uh, Sir Boy Wonder says I need a, a good chain that says Bobcats on it. Um, can't go wrong. Um, with Monarchs, man up, Tom, says retired U.S. vet. We salute you. Says man up. Nothing but Skechers for me. Those are in right now, Skechers. You could throw a cowboy hat on at the game. <laughs> yeah. You could. You could. Well, I could. There's no doubt. Um, okay. All right, enough of this. Fellas, our, our Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions. You guys didn't help me at all, by the way. For a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity, visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. You guys were zero help. None. N-U-N, none. Uh, thoughts real quick, fellas, about the, uh, the Bengals. They don't make a trade. They've got injuries in the secondary. We're going to get a look at both of the rookies that they drafted uh, this year coming up in this game. Eli Apple looks like he's back. Um, Casey, I know better to ask you because I know what the, the answer is going to be. Do you? Uh, with Car- yeah, I do. With Carolina coming into town, <laughs> you're assuming this is a tail kicking. Am I right or wrong? You're not. Mm-mm. Oh, you've seen the light, Casey. You've no, seen I am, the light. I am a nervous, nervous fan if I'm the Bengals. If I'm a, any Bengals fan right now, this is a terrible matchup again. The, the, the defensive front for the Panthers, underrated. They have Brian Burns and Derek Brown uh, on that defensive line. They have a really good run game. And they have DJ Moore. We're down our best corner. And P.J. Walker's been playing at least at a decent level. So So correct me if I'm wrong here real quick. This is one of those, based on your rankings, this is one of those matchups where you had both teams officially in the column of stink. Correct. Including your Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Yes, I do have the Bengals. So this is one stink playing another stink. Correct. Okay. In all seriousness, last year much was made. The bye week is coming at the exact same time as it was a year ago. The Bengals last year were 5-2. and two. They had that debacle against the Jets. Um, they got massacred by the Browns. So they were 5-4 and four going into the break. We know the schedule last year is very different than the schedule this year. And I'm tired of using those two words last year. Me too. But if, well, that's a surprise. Well, at five and four, if the Bengals win on Sunday, at five and four, knowing the Steelers are the game after that, 
And I know the Bengals lost to the Steelers the first time, but they're better than the Steelers. Um, Would you be okay? Would both of you guys be okay? Not great, but okay with five and four. It beats the hell out of four and five, but I mean, are are you okay with five and four at the break? I mean, you have to be okay with it. That's That's a good point. That's the only thing that you can do going into the bye week and still be in a position to make the playoffs. So, yeah, I guess we have to be okay with it, right? I mean, yeah. any other – like, you can't tie. That's even worse. Um, oh, my God. That would be miserable if they tied. Like I, I, <laughs> Tying against the Panthers would just be miserable. Then the, the Bengals would really stink. Um, but, I mean, like, part of the reason why they stink is because they don't have any of their best players. Like, I think, I think they would be at the top of stink – at the current moment with all their starting players. but Are they able to get out of that last tier of your tier list if they win on Sunday? No, I don't think so. Even if they win 35-16? to 16? It's going to be close. A Falcons-type performance? That, that would be very They're still close. stuck in the cellar? That would be very close. but Borderline? Borderline? It, it would be very, very close to getting out of the stink. So they would be like number one stink or the very bottom of borderline stink. Tom, we got to build our guy back up here. No, no, hang I'll on, hang you, on. This he, is just me being realistic. You're right. This is we have to. Uh, this is me being this realistic. This is troubling. You and I got to do some work here, Tom. Because Casey, if you were certainly the one bright shining light, oh, that's not my job. The man <laughs> filled with hope. You were the guy in the studio. Oh, well. And now yeah. all of a sudden you're starting to, to do one of these with Paul, unless we're talking about Xavier basketball, with Paul and me, although Trey says the Bengals will be fine, relax everybody, but you were the guy that we could count on to at least stand up for the home team. You don't appear to be that guy right now. No, because there's no – they don't deserve that. Um, they did when they – played well for two weeks and then after this week i mean you can't you can't continue to have this streak against the browns you'll never win the big game if you continue to have these issues i mean yeah we got to the big game i'm not even gonna talk about it anymore i'm done with last year it's this year and this year we're down our major stars there's no, there's no return in sight. DJ Reader's supposed to maybe come back. They're going to reevaluate him after the bye week. Um, and that's it. So we had Jamar Chase on crutches. We had. But that's not bat- a surprise. I mean, if the guy's got a broken bone or a crack or something like that in his hip, I mean, you, you don't want to be walking around putting full weight on that. But that's a I, natural kind of thing. I agree. But there's just a lot of. A lot of people are saying, don't overreact. We were in the same spot last year. Forget about last year. This is this year. And this is a clearly different team and a clearly different scenario that's happened. Last year, when we went 5-2, and two, we, we didn't even get above, uh, what, two games above 500, like you said. We were at 5-2 and two last year, and we had just smacked the Ravens around. And then we go ahead and lose to the Jets and lose to the Browns. But those were games where you felt like, well, we had a chance. We were up against the Jets. Like, we had clearly were the better team against the Jets. We just had two unlucky breaks. We had a penalty late in that game. 
turned the tide of that game. Browns game wasn't even close, just like this time. And you can't just you, – you, you sit there and you feel like this is the Panthers. Like, if they don't – if they don't go out there and beat them like they did against the Falcons or the Saints, then this team is just, like, in a lot of trouble. It, it just is. Okay. And there's nothing you can really – do to really change my mind on that i'm just down on them right now okay all right well that, that that's fair enough it's just being honest you know I, I i like the suggestion and i can't remember who it was in our chat yesterday who made this point and i think this is a i think this is a great point the bengals should win should win against the panthers you go to the bye you get some guys healthy including reader and some other guys you beat the steelers Okay, primetime game on the road. We know how that looks or has looked. But that was mainly the Marvin Lewis, Andy Dalton era. You know, you beat the Steelers, you go to six and four. And the swing game, as was pointed out by one of our viewers yesterday, the swing game in this whole thing is going to be the Tennessee Titans. And I got to tell you, I am really interested to see the Titans this week after all you two guys did was bury Ryan Tannehill yesterday. I mean, bury the guy. The Titans this week play the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a, that's the best game in the league. Correct. Five and two against five and two, right? Yep. All right. So on the road to Kansas City, and we're going to pick that game in our pick. So we're going to take a timeout. We're going to reload, get everything ready for our college picks our pro picks, but just to finish that thought, that Tennessee game could be the game that will make or break the Bengals' year. Because if they go to 7-4 and four and win that game, then all of a sudden you're looking at after the Titans. You got the Chiefs coming here. You got the Brownies coming here. You go to Tampa Bay, who doesn't look so great. You go to New England. You got the Bills and Ravens the last two games of the year on the home front. Don't go to break yet. We have something for you here. You do. We have what a set. Oh, well, we just we were trying to help you out, so I put in an order to Reed Mouse and you know, he delivered pretty quickly. He always uh, does. He always That's does. One thing you can count on with and, Reed Mouse. He delivers. Show it up there. I just want you to consider. <laughs> See? Consider it. Look. Look at that. You, you know look the, good. The, the one thing Reed could have done if you're going to do that is, is put the thing on straight. I'm not one of these guys. <laughs> you're not. Those oh, baseball come on. players you're not a make me shooter, crazy. You have the hat off to the side. and I mean, it, it stuff makes me nuts when I see guys that do that stuff. And you certainly can't do that with a cowboy hat. No. I mean, that is right on the borderline sacrilegious down in Texas, <laughs> putting on a cowboy hat and tilting it to the side. That's not good. And Reed, that is really lame. I just talked you up. <laughs> and um, that is really lame. My mother-in-law sent me a picture of what I wore last year when I wore the white shoes. Oh. So I'm going to send that to you guys. Oh, we'll okay. get it up there. Okay, yeah, we'll so I'm going to send that to you guys. Martha, thank you very much. I'm going to send this picture to you guys. And... Um, and uh, we'll look at it and we'll, you'll get an idea. We'll get I'm it up talking. there out of the break. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're back in a moment. Paul Doherty coming up at 11, and the Tracer, Tracy Jones, coming up at 11.30. All right, just to tie a ribbon around this thing real quick, 
This is a shot of what I wore last year. These are the shoes. Now, what do you think of those? So those are like Vans. Those are like canvas shoes, right? No, they're not. But but that's okay. Go ahead. I mean, are those are those drip? Are they too? Are they too? Are they too much for an older guy? No. What do you think, think Paul? No, so. oh, I. It's it's a sleek look. Sleek. Yeah, like you're not going overboard, but. You didn't wear the Air Monarchs. It's in the middle. Okay. Well, I like, you know, those in the chat, uh, the hundreds that are in there, if you could just at least weigh in on this. Because I actually, there's a part of me that's serious about this because I was really uncomfortable wearing those last year. That's just not me. It's not me. You know? All right, here we go, fellas. Are you ready? Where do we stand, Casey, going into this week of college football and pro football. So here we go. Casey's still in the lead by two over Paul slash Brandon Seho uh, and has a four-game lead over yours truly. For those of you that are just tuning in, and there are a number of you at least in the chat, um, that $1,000 will go to the winner at the end of the year with the best record, charity of choice, it's only going to charity, not in their pocket. And, and we will run an audit uh, on both Paul and Casey should they win. We know they won't, but um, that's where that's going. All right, here we go. Big weekend of college football. We start with the mighty Buckeyes. 8-0 on the year. Going to Northwestern, who is terrible. And this spread is now officially at 38. I will take Ohio State to cover that. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think I think we all will, honestly. We should. I'm just going to throw it up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Northwestern stinks. <laughs> yeah, this is a bad game. I don't want to spend too much time on this. 38-point spread, this is tough. I 38 points is so much, but Ohio State's very good. Northwestern is terrible. So bad. Isn't there one win against Nebraska? Yep. <laughs> the very beginning of the season? All right. The very beginning. Okay. Yep. So, okay, that's, that's a route. What a great place, by the way. Have you guys ever been to a football game in Northwestern? I've not. No, Evanston. That's a really cool place to go to a game. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald's a great coach. He's got a bad team this year. But he's done a nice job there at his alma mater, and it's a cool little place. It's not like these mammoth stadiums that you see at Ohio State and Tennessee and Alabama and all these places. It's uh, much like the school, uh, very small, uh, but very intimate. If you're ever up in that neck of the woods and you got nothing going on on a Saturday in the fall, check it out sometime. Doesn't matter who they play. All right, Texas Tech, 4-4, four and four, TCU undefeated, ranked seventh in the uh, first college football playoff rankings. The Horned Frogs, nine-and-a-half-point favorites in Fort Worth, and I will take the TCU Horned Frogs to cover that nine-and-a-half. Fellas? Yeah, I am also going to take TCU on this one. I couldn't, I couldn't muster up the the strength to pick against them. Um, I mean, you just look at who they've played. They played some very similar opponents. They played Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Uh, Texas Tech has, and they lost both those games. They beat Western uh, Virginia by thirty eight points, and TCU struggled against them last week. I don't know what if there was anything. Uh, injury-wise there, or if uh, West Virginia was at full strength against Texas Tech. But other than that, I mean, there's no other reason you should pick TCU other than that one game. So 
I'm going with TCU. Okay. Paul? I like TCU. They probably should have been in the top five here. Uh, but just for some reason, I think nine and a half is a lot of points. I'm going to take Texas Tech wow. and hold my nose okay. here. All right. One of the one of the great points made by six four one two Mars when we put up that picture a second ago, he wanted to know is that Tom on the left or the right? <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, and Excalibur Iron Force tells me they've built a new stadium now. Yeah, um, at Northwestern. It's beautiful. It's right there. Uh, the water behind it. It's the the facilities there are unbelievable. I actually. Just seeing the comment here, Trace popping up. Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, it's a great facility that they have up there. Okay, they have the practice athletic facility at Northwest Bubble, whatever it is. Okay. All right, we move on. Now this is a game, and, and Paul, you being the gambling guy, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this. We were talking about it before the game. Um, Notre Dame is a really hard team to pinpoint who they are, what they are. Uh, they start the season, as we know, at Ohio State. They're ranked fifth in the country when the season begins. They start a quarterback with zero experience. Um, all the guy could do was really run the ball. He kept him in there. Defense kept him in there, truth be told. Their defense did a nice job slowing down Ohio State, really the only time that's happened all year long. Uh, but then the quarterback got hurt, and they go to a backup who's been playing every game since. They have, have done a lot of this. You know, a lot of this, where they've, they've played really well, like last week against Syracuse. They go up there and beat a decent Syracuse team, not a great team, uh, but a decent Syracuse team. But, boy, uh, they're hard to figure. But they are home. I'm not totally sold on Clemson. I couldn't believe that Clemson was ranked ahead of Michigan, even though Michigan's played nobody outside of Penn State. And I don't know how good they are. But – uh, I can't believe Clemson was ranked ahead of Penn State, uh, ahead of Michigan in the, the, the first uh, college football playoff rankings. They're undefeated. To win against Syracuse, they changed their quarterback in the second half of that game. Um, I'm taking the Irish in this one. I, I'm not all that comfortable with it, but nor am I comfortable with Clemson. So I'm taking Notre Dame to cover. Yeah, and, you know, Clemson's really struggled – with teams that have pretty good defense, um, Syracuse being one of them. Notre Dame, on the other hand, um, they struggle with really high-powered offense. So I think think that this is a pretty good matchup for Notre Dame. So I think I'm going to take Notre Dame in this one. Wow. Uh, so I gave this stat on my show the other day, and I'll give it here now. When a top-five team is a favorite of six or less, this checks that box, they're 41.2% against the spread, 14 and 20 since 2017 in a regular season game, because obviously a lot of those will happen in the playoff. If it's a regular season game, they are just 9 and 18 against the spread. This is a home game for Notre Dame. Notre Dame has played well this year when they have played better teams. They've Played to their competition this year. Yes, if you have. look at their schedule, they've played to their competition. This is a home game at 7.30 against a, a good Clemson team with a chance to really knock Clemson out of playoff contention. I think Notre Dame covers at home. Would not be shocked if they win this game. Yeah, you know, for Clemson, um, this is – you're right. Uh, because when you look at the unbeatens, I think it's safe to say there are two of them 
where their season would be wiped out as far as getting to the college football playoff, barring some crazy scenario like we saw at the end of the, what was that, the end of the 08 season, where I think Ohio State and LSU were down at like seven and nine, and everybody lost in front of them to put those two in the national championship game. It was just insane. But outside of that insanity, I don't think Clemson and I don't think TCU can lose a game and expect to be a one-loss team, and we very well could have a one-loss team be in that final four of the college football playoff, if not more than one. But I don't think a one-loss Clemson team or a one-loss TCU team is going to get in before Michigan or Alabama or Georgia or Tennessee, right? So Clemson's got to win out. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt in my mind Clemson has to win out here. So this is a situation where you're going on the road, and a lot of people are picking Notre Dame in this game. Now the the money is about 50-50, but the bets are almost uh, 75%, almost. It's 73% right now on Clemson. So some of the bigger money is on Notre Dame. Uh, I just think Notre Dame sets up well for this game at home. This is a Clemson team that they beat a couple of years ago during the COVID season at home. Now, Trevor Lawrence didn't play in that game, and there was all that discussion about, oh, well, Notre Dame caught a break. They didn't play Trevor Lawrence, and then they got smacked in the ACC championship game when Trevor Lawrence came back to play. I think there's some narrative to this game that Notre Dame's going to get up for. I really like Notre Dame in this spot. Okay. All right. So uh, it's surprising. I can't believe three guys picking that game and all three taking the Irish, including me. All right. Tennessee, Georgia. This is the game of the weekend. There is no doubt about it. Number one against number three. Um, I just can't buy into Tennessee's defense. No, they're terrible. I don't know. The hard part about this, and I'd be interested to hear what you guys think about this. The hard part about this for me is that I don't know if Georgia – even with a poor, mediocre Tennessee defense, I don't know if Georgia is built to go out and score 45, 48, 50. Now, they did against Oregon, but that's Oregon, okay? Um, first game of the year. And I know they've had some other games where they put up some points. Their schedule has not been very good. Uh, they, they started off red hot against Florida last week, let the Gators back in the game, and then blew the doors off them at the end, so they put up 42 in that game. But, but, but by and large, they were right in the 20s most of the game until the very, very end, fourth quarter. Um, but having said that, um, there's not a player on this Tennessee roster that has played uh, more than one or two of these games. One would be two weeks ago against Alabama, but that was at home. Now they go to Georgia. I'm taking the Bulldogs at minus eight. Um. I think I'm actually going to change my pick here. Oh, uh, really? Right in the middle of the stream. Uh, I'm going with Tennessee here. I just have a feeling. I'm just kind of looking at the schedules here, kind of comparing and contrasting. I don't think Tennessee wins, but that minus eight, that that's what I'm – if it was minus six and a half, I think I would take Georgia. I think Tennessee and Georgia can go back and forth all game and keep it somewhat close. Um, I can see a scenario where it ends up being like a nine or 
or a 10, and I would still feel like I was on the right end of this bet. I, I think Tennessee can keep keep it in um, a competitive game this week against Georgia. Uh, I, I just don't know if Georgia's really played anyone. I mean, you look at the schedule, I don't believe in Oregon. Bo Nix sucks. Uh, <laughs> you know how I feel about Jalen Richardson, Florida, and like Anthony, you said before. Anthony. Huh? Go ahead. I don't know. It just uh, – I have a feeling. That's all, all right. I got. Uh, I, I, a couple of our uh, viewers, and, and, and these guys are on their game. Uh, Excalibur Iron Force says, looks like bad weather in Georgia. Could that be a factor? Um, Matt says, I'm a Georgia fan, and my biggest concern is the youth in the secondary. Starting a true freshman free safety. Boom shakalaka chimes in. I think Tennessee gets exposed. Paul, your thoughts? Um, I'm not going to be betting this game because I don't want to be on the wrong end of the Tennessee wagon. I think Tennessee is a lot of fun this year. I very much enjoyed watching them. I love what they're doing. I love what's happening in Knoxville every week. I love seeing the production from Neyland Stadium and the home games and the fireworks and the environment and everything, and it pained me to lose on that Alabama game and not be able to enjoy that as much as I would have. So I will not be betting this game because I am taking Georgia. Uh, almost all of the money, almost all of the bets, it's like 90-10, 92-8 in the money on Tennessee. Uh, I just – this is a tough one for me to go against a team like Georgia. But if Tennessee comes out here and wins, I, I will – Definitely be rooting for Tennessee. Okay. I want Tennessee to win this game. I want that magic to keep rolling. I think it could be a fun playoff if Tennessee does win this game. Yep. But uh, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be the guy that picked against Kirby Smart and Georgia in this game. Okay. All right. Uh, the other big game in the SEC, as we mentioned uh, at the very beginning of the program, what Brian Kelly is doing at LSU. I'm told by people in the know that that is one depleted roster. Uh, that Ed Orgeron left him with. And, and the job he is doing down there, I'm not surprised. Kelly's a great coach. Nick Saban's the best coach in college football history. Uh, Alabama goes to Baton Rouge, 13 and a half. That is a big number. But I will go with a Crimson Tide. Oh. Oh, you're making it so oh. Did I say the other way? You, you, you gave us LSU, but I'm happy to switch it. Whatever goes on the graphic is what we're rolling with. I haven't put it up there yet. Let's, uh, let's go with the Crimson Tide. I'm changing. If I said LSU earlier. Um, All right. Know. I think you were going back and forth. I don't know if yeah, you were. decision yet. Yeah, I was. So I'm going to take Alabama. Okay. That's All a right. big number, though. I'm not crazy about that number. It's a big number. It's a big number. I, I struggled with it, too, Tom. Um, but that's why I got to go with LSU. I just – that Texas game, that Tennessee game, is lingering in my mind about this. Um, Alabama hasn't looked the greatest or what we're used to. Um, I think LSU can, can keep it close. I don't know if they'll win, but they'll keep it close. Okay. Paul? Alabama's last two regular season losses last year on the road at Texas A&M. This year, on the road, at Tennessee, almost lost, on the road, at Texas, in Death Valley, 
a night game. I don't hate LSU to win this game outright. I'm taking LSU. Okay. That's a good pick. Well, we're starting to get into some, some, some tiebreaker stuff now. So All right. Boy Wonder points out that Bama struggled on the road. One more college game before we J-H, get to the NFL. Welcome. Never seen JH before. Welcome. And then we have the Naval Academy playing UC. Bearcats desperately need a good game. They're back at home, sold out Nippert Stadium. I know the enthusiasm won't be what it's been uh, the last couple of years and certainly uh, what it was earlier this year, even after losing to Arkansas. But I think, I think the Bearcats bounce back and they cover. Okay. Well, this is unfortunate because I feel like I've been against Bearcat Nation pretty much all year, but I, I got to go with Navy. They just have not been able to blow teams out. And that this is too big of a spread for them. If it was like seven or six and a half, I'd probably take UC. But this 19 and a half, and this is a triple option team. Yeah. Like if they have a good, good enough game script, they might not even score 21 points this game. Like it just – yeah, and the thing that has to worry you when you talk about that triple option where you're running the ball virtually every play are two things. UC gave up 258 yards of rushing offense to UCF last week. Yep. Now, Navy doesn't have the athletes UCF has. Uh, but uh, that's their style. You don't play it much. So that, that is a factor for sure. Yeah, uh, this is going to be an ugly game. I'm taking Navy, but I don't love it. Um, I know I've said that twice now in the in the six college picks that we've done, but 19 and a half in a game against a triple option. What I will say, though, for people listening, we're not picking this game. It's the first Saturday of the month. That means it's a service academy game. Army Air Force, take the under. Just a little, just a little advice for everybody out there. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Now we're on to the pro game, right? Yep. All right. Bills v. Jets. Big one inside the AFC East. Bills, 12-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't pick Bills to beat a team that stinks, then I would be uh, doing a disservice for everyone. So I'm taking the Buffalo Bills here. I think it's going to get ugly. Wow, okay. Yeah, I think 12 points is ugly, but 12 points is still inside the number. I'm taking the Jets. Wow. The New York football Jets, Jets, Jets. It's a lot of faith. Okay, that is. All right, we continue on in the pro game. Uh, the Rams just hammered by um, the 49ers last week. I- I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay. I'm going to stick with them. I think that they get, they get after Stafford. Um, I'm not throwing in the towel on Brady. Uh, he seems to be sort of, you know, trying in a very difficult situation to move forward. Um, I'm taking the Bucks. Yeah, this was a tough game for me to choose. Tampa being favored stinks. I mean, these are two teams that just stink outright. Um, but I, I was doing a little research, and Tampa it gets after the quarterback often, and they get after it a lot. Okay. And that's what the Rams struggle with a lot on offense. They, I don't know what happened with Cooper Cup yet. So, I've got to take Tampa. I can't bet against Tom here. Yeah. Another ugly one. Tampa. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Game of the week. I'm shooting Doc a text here because we're going to run a few minutes over. 
We got uh, three NFL picks left. All right, three left. Titans and Chiefs. Tight, this is a game of the weekend. Really? The, no doubt about it. This is the best game in the NFL this weekend. Titans v. Kansas City, and I'm putting my money where my mouth is. That is a huge number. Tennessee at Kansas City. I am taking Tennessee. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're taking Tennessee, Tom, because I'm <laughs> going to take Kansas City to beat a team that borderline stinks with a quarterback that kind of stinks. Okay. Here's the thing, though, Casey. Just like I said a couple of minutes ago with the Bills and the Jets, 12 is a big number. Tennessee can stay inside of it. I'll take Tennessee. This is going to be one of those games that Derek Carr just absolutely goes off. Uh, Ryan Tannehill? No. Uh, I'm sorry. Derek Henry, not Derek Carr. Okay. Derek Henry. He's just going to go off for like 200 yards. But, but you just well, picked the Chiefs. Well, if he goes off for 200 yards, what are you, doing are you picking Kansas I, City? I know. I, I'm, I'm cool with making my bet against, with – you're fading I'm yourself. Saying, I'm just saying this is going to end up happening. It's just going to – I've made it. I've Casey, it Casey, 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 Casey. No, let it go. Let it's it go. Let it go. I no, mean, that, no. that is no logic whatsoever. If Derrick Henry goes off for 200-plus, that means they are chewing up clock and clock Correct. and clock and yes. clock. And that yes. means Kansas City's offense is not on the field. That means they're going to have a hard time covering 12 and a half. I, yes, yes. All right, two I, more. I think we missed the – the, the point that I was – never mind. Let's just move on. All right, Baltimore at New Orleans. This is a Monday night game. Why only two and a half, Paul? Why is that spread at two and a half? What's the money doing on that thing? Yeah, I, I was just taking a look at that, and I haven't gotten to it yet. I, I don't know. I couldn't figure this one out. To be honest, I haven't spent a ton of time since this is Monday. I usually kind of put it off until Monday to really dig into it too much. But right now the, the bets are mostly on the Saints, just by a little bit, 57-43 for the money. Uh, this game opened at three and a half. It's down to two and a half. It's – it's at New Orleans. New Orleans has shown, uh, like, are they, are they better than three and five? Probably. Uh, I don't know. I think we're all in agreement here on what we're going to pick, though. Are they, are they believers in Andy Dalton, the, the Raven killer? We're the across killer? the board on this one, yeah, right? Yeah, we are. Ravens? Yep, we're all on the Ravens. Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. We're across right. the board on this one. One more. One more to go. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's go, Tom. I'm taking the Ben Galleys. Yeah. Let's do, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. no. I'm already going to have to apologize to all the my fans. Um, the, these two teams just stink, and uh, the Bengals are depleted. This is not a good look for them. This is not a good matchup. I got to take the Panthers on this one. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. It's okay. You don't have to apologize. Bengals. Okay. At home. A couple of, couple of good points made. Um, uh, Sir Boy, uh, I mean, uh, Andrew says Dalton is playing very well right now, and Dalton has certainly played well in his career against the Ravens, apparently, who have a lot of injuries, Ravens. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, purchasing GSS says it's time to fire Casey. <laughs> Don't do that to me. It's time to fire Casey. If the Bengals cover, Casey, will you shave your beard? You guys want me to shave my beard? No, somebody I... just asked that in the chat room. Oh, yeah, if they win, you guys want me to shave my beard. No, like... if they cover. Oh, if they cover. If they cover. Um, I mean, 
<laughs> my fiance says I should shave either way, so well, I guess you better it's going to happen no matter now. what. So okay. All right. Well, there you have it. We're all set, um, boys. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Paul Dockerty from the Morning Line on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Today, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Kind enough to join us a couple of times a week. The author of The Morning Line, it is back, themorningline.substack.com. And that would be longtime Cincinnati Enquirer columnist Paul Dougherty. Doc, welcome. You've got the lid back. you got the hoodie going. You are now in full fall mode, even though it's going to be 70-plus degrees on this November the 3rd. Yes, indeed, and I, uh, I'm eating oatmeal, so bear with me. It's breakfast. That's okay. That's all right. No problem. Yeah. Uh, we don't mind eating and talking around here. We're not at some dinner table where everybody's going to get uptight about it. Um, you wrote... I thought a very interesting column on the morning line, uh, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, about, about cynicism. And I'm being very serious when I ask you about this because when you are the primary sports columnist, or let's say even my dad when he announced the Reds games, okay, um, everybody and his brother, when things are going well, uh, want you to boost up the home team talk them up talk them up talk them up they can do no wrong but 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 you wrote about cynicism where it comes from the importance of it uh in your opinion uh to have it out there talk a little bit about that uh, about what it's like sometimes to go quote unquote against the grain of the town you're writing in um yeah, that's the, the, that's that's a. I could talk about that for days, uh, Tom. Um, my my job is not to be a cheerleader. Never never was. Uh, I don't think the majority of people who who read what I wrote were interested in me leading cheers. Um, the team didn't pay me. Uh, the, the newspaper paid me. So, in terms of cynicism, um, I wrote the other day. You don't come into this world cynical. Nobody does. Uh, Cynicism is earned and experienced, and if you do what I did for as long as I did, you're going to come across enough enough people and enough events that you kind of become that way. Um, um, maybe about the fifth or sixth time a coach or a manager uh, lies to you or a player uses you, uh, plays you in effect, uh, or, or a team does not live up to the hype that you have provided sure you, you get a little cynical and it's sort of like an armor for a guy like me uh, you use the cynicism a, as a, a means of, uh, of protecting yourself against not looking silly uh, I said that in, in contact with the Bengals this year and honestly they, they they've made me look silly because I picked them to win seven of the first eight games this year if the Bengals had played the way I thought they were going to play, and I think the way they thought they were going to play, they'd be seven and one, and they're not. They're four and four. So um, there's there's plenty of room in what I do for for I don't know if boosterism is the right word, but but sure supporting the the, the home teams because let's face it, life is better for everyone, journalists included, when the teams do well. There's a, there's a lot of room for that, but there's also room for. Uh, 
kind of a, a more distant uh, eye, an eye with an edge instead of uh, uh, being simply a fan. That's that's what I loved about your dad, and I've written that many times. Was that even though he was employed by the Reds, uh, your your dad never insulted a listener's intelligence by by making a situation sound better than it really was. Uh, and I, I always appreciated that about his his broadcast, and I tried to I tried to bring that to to the column as well. I don't know, Doc, if you had a chance to watch or listen to any of the interview we did with Bronson Arroyo yesterday. I wish I, I had. Back and well, look at it. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highly suggest to you and anyone else out there, it's gotten incredible um, feedback and response on social media. We had him for an hour. Um, and we talked to him about a number of things that, that I found just absolutely fascinating. I, I mean, like stuff I've never heard before. Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you wrote about it before. But we hearken back to the 2012 playoffs for the Reds. And everybody remembers what happens that year. Uh, He told the story that Johnny Cueto actually got hurt in batting practice before the game of game one. He was in the batting cage with Arroyo, who was a starter in game two. Cueto had looked at Arroyo and said, hey, I'm going to go out and swing hard. He swings four times, hits the ball as hard as he can. Arroyo noticed he winces abdominal something in there and Arroyo right from the spot said yesterday I knew this guy was not going to make it through the game and that was game one coming up so naturally that's what happens Cueto goes out Uh, the bullpen cleans up everything after that Arroyo tosses a gem seven shutout innings game two they come back they lose three in a row but he went on to talk about how when they got back here two things happened one He didn't say who, but they brought Cueto into um, the the, the weight area room that they have there at the ballpark, and they had him do a number of calisthenics and all kinds of things to feel like if there was pain in there, so on and so forth, but they never let him go throw the ball. No long toss, no nothing, and Arroyo was in shock. They made the decision to take him off the roster, right, and replaced him on the roster, which you're allowed to do when a player is injured. Subsequently, and I know this is a long-winded way to get there, but I'm just giving you the backdrop here. Arroyo goes to Brian Price, the pitching coach at the time for Dusty Baker, and he says, look, I love Mike Leak like he's my little brother, but he should not start game four of this series. Homer Bailey pitched great in game three, even though they lost. He said, you should bring me back on three days rest, bring Latos back on three days rest if there's a game five and go from there. All of that was shot down. I found that to be fascinating. Your thoughts yeah. just hearing that in general. You surprised by oh, any I, of that? I had not heard any of that, Tom. Um, it, it was a, a, a wacky, uh, ultimately unfortunate series. I, I, I would have no problem bringing Bronson back on three days. Um, as we all knew, he, he was a, a very durable guy uh, and knew how to pitch and could 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 probably get you five innings. Uh, Latos, I don't know. 
Uh, he's a harder thrower. He's a very high-strung guy. Uh, he did not pitch well, obviously, when they needed him. Um, so I'm not sure that would have made much of a difference. So the, the thing that I always said about that that I, I thought was interesting what was that if everybody recalls, Aroldis Chapman came to Cincinnati as a starting pitcher. Yep. Uh, he was made into a closer. And I was against it uh, from the get-go. And I was, was too. I was too. Even as uh, Chapman was a, was a, a door-slamming guy as, as a closer, they surely could have used Aroldis Chapman in that series as a starter because the difference between a starter – and a reliever, obviously, is circumstance. Uh, a reliever is totally beholden to the situation. You know, a starter is going to start no matter what. A reliever has to have his time. And, 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 and Chapman's time, of course, because this is how we do things, because this is what the book says, you know, ninth inning, one, two, three run lead. You know, start the ninth. Um, I, I don't know how many times Chapman pitched in that, in that series. I don't recall. I know it wasn't very many. It wasn't very much, and he had absolutely no impact whatsoever on the outcome of that series. So, to me, looking back, and, and even at the time thinking, boy, why didn't they keep this kid as a starting pitcher? Uh, they had it all worked out, and, and, and Dusty was against it because, uh, in my opinion, Dusty's like every other manager in baseball. Closer's a security blanket. He's my guy. I put him in in the ninth. You can't question it, even if it doesn't work, because... That's the book. Uh, otherwise, he, he comes in and saves the game and looks smart. Managers with great closers are suddenly really smart guys. Managers without great closers are really dumb guys. So long story short, I, that's what occurred to me. I did not know any of the Arroyo stuff. Yeah, it, it was just uh, that whole interview yesterday with him was, I mean, what, what an interesting yeah. guy. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the World Series um, – Last night, you get the combined no-hitter. Uh, that Christian Javier kid was just unbelievable. Isn't it interesting, He's Dawkins? been on a roll. Yes, he has. He's been on a roll, and he's an amazing story. I read a lot about it this morning in The Athletic about, you know, his parents came up from the Dominican Republic uh, to see him pitch in this game. They were with him the night before. Uh, the Astros had lost the night before. They spent a lot of time with their son very late into the night, knowing this was going to be the biggest moment in his career uh, and boy, did he deliver the goods. Six innings, no hits, nine strikeouts, two walks. But, I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm just so often fascinated, and, and you've been around it forever, Doc. You know, you get guys like Justin Verlander. Now, he's going to get a chance to make amends tonight, but his track record in the World Series is brutal. Um, he was terrible in game one. I just find it so – and then Aaron Nola last night wasn't any good uh, from the fourth inning on. For Philadelphia, and that's two bad starts for him now in a row in the postseason. I just find it so interesting that the guys a lot of us think are the guys that are going to step up and deliver the goods, and it ends up being some of these other guys that a lot of people have never heard of. I think it makes for great theater, regardless of sports, but in this case, the World Series. Well, the the guy that you thought was was, was... – Good money, but it was Verlander. I mean, he was unhittable all year. Literally unhittable for great stretches of time. And he didn't pitch well before the World Series time. If you recall, yep. he got hammered pretty good in, in the uh, in the championship series, too. So, yeah, I, uh, the great thing about, about baseball is you really never know. 
I, I think this series is a great indicator of that. I mean, you've had three games that were not close, but this has been a very dramatic series. Only game one was close. The other three were not. And yet I would, I would not say that any of them were lacked for drama. Uh, I, I think the last three games would be fascinating. What, what do the Phillies do after Zach Wheeler? And Wheeler hasn't been that good either lately. Um, they've got, they're looking at having to beat Valdez and Verlander, uh, one of those games in Houston, to win this thing now. So um, I, it's still very interesting to me, but you're right. Sometimes, sometimes the guys that are supposed to come up big don't, and sometimes guys you never heard of come up big. want to uh, circle back before we let you go on the Bengals. Um, yeah, we all agree last year, it, maybe after Monday night's game more than ever, it is time to just put those two words long in the rear view mirror. Now questions abound, uh, everywhere after you get humiliated is the season over. Of course, it's not over. You, you've played eight games. You got nine games left. They, the schedule, notwithstanding, they have a chance to get back to the playoffs and all those kinds of things. But I think for the first time, Doc, uh, there are a lot of people who, if they weren't questioned when the season began, uh, there are certainly questions abound, whether that be in the coaching staff, whether that be certain players on this team, uh, that all of a sudden you have to start wondering about, right? Well, yeah, yeah, because the, 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 light, the lighter portion of the schedule is done now. And, and they're four and four Monday night. <laughs> That, that was a game they really needed to win. That was a game they really should have won. And, and they chose that night to, to play really poorly. Uh, not well coached. Uh, not, the, the play calling was bad. The coaching was bad. The, the playing was bad. The effort was, was, was so-so. Um, but clearly, Cleveland was much more interested in winning that game than the Bengals were. So, yeah, when you're 4-4 when you're four and, four and you should be five and three at, at the worst everybody should be open for questions do you think at this point looking at the rest of the schedule and you admit it openly I, I i don't think anybody um maybe not seven and one but i think most people thought six and two after eight uh and certainly a a, a win in the ninth game a win in the tenth game uh with the panthers and then after the bye the steelers at the end of the day, do you think, Doc, this team can win six more games to get to 10 on the year? Um, sure. I schedules are funny things, Tom. Well, what a schedule looks like when it comes out in the spring is completely different than, than what it looks like in, in September. And it's completely different in November and December from what it looked like in September. You know, who would have thought that, that, that uh, Tampa, for example, would flame out the way they had, that Brady would have the troubles he's having. All of a sudden, that game doesn't look so daunting. You know, you, you go to Tampa and, and, and play the Bucks. it doesn't look that bad. Um, so this, uh, on, on the face of it, yeah, I think they can, get, they can get six more. They can get two in the next three weeks. They, they've got Carolina, they got bye, and then they're at Pittsburgh. The, those are those are two games they should win. I'm I'm done saying they will win because we've seen how that's gone. Um, after that, you you've got uh, other than Buffalo and Kansas City. If this team plays the way everybody thinks it's capable, 
there's nobody on the on the schedule they that the Bengals can't beat. On the other hand, a, after Monday night, uh, maybe we're reassessing everything. Maybe we go from well, they're just not playing right well well right now, and they'll snap out of it. So maybe we we overestimated just how good they are. Um, that's what Monday night did for me. It got me thinking. Well, maybe a lot of the assumptions I had made about this team coming into the season simply aren't true. Um, and so, so it's sort of a shape shifting thing. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, sure, I, I think they can win six more. I also think they can lose four or five more. So that that's I guess that's part of the beauty of the NFL any given Sunday. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Doc. one other thing we didn't talk about. What's that? And maybe maybe it's not an issue. I wrote about it for for the morning line today. H- how does everyone feel about the Bengals making Pac-Man Jones the ruler of the jungle on Sunday? That is a very good question. I pondered that in my own mind for a little while this morning. What are your thoughts about it? Uh, my, my thoughts are that, that that life is gray. Life is never black or white, never this or that. It's somewhere in the messy middle. And, and Pac-Man has done some really bad stuff. Uh, he's a hero of TMZ videos and has, you know, comes off as, as, as kind of a bad guy. I mean, when you wish a, a policeman to die, I hope you die tomorrow was one of the things he said to a cop from the back of a squad car. On the other hand, uh, he has adopted, I believe legally, all three of Chris Henry's kids, uh, one of whom, as we all know, is, is a terrific football player. Mm. Um, but he, is, he has taken them in and is raising them now, which is, is such a good thing, a noble thing to do. So what do you do with them? I, on the one hand, I think, you know, if the ruler of the jungle is supposed to represent some sort of Bengal ideal, uh, Adam Jones falls somewhat short of that. Um, if, if the ruler of the jungle is supposed to represent a guy who, who uh, has made some mistakes but has also done some very good things, and by the way, was a terrific player here for eight years, then okay. So I'm, I'm right in the middle on that, and I shouldn't be. I should have a, a rock-solid opinion, but I don't. I know Mike Brown was very fond of, of Adam and, and was very supportive of Adam, and I'm sure Mike had a hand in, in making Adam a ruler of the jungle, uh, but it's fair to wonder if, if, if that's an appropriate honor for, for Adam Jones. I got to tell you, though, Doc, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not surprised at all because, look, um, at the end of the day, not you, not me, uh, are judge and jury at the end of the day, right? I mean, they, they, we all <laughs> know that. I, I think based on track record uh, that Mike Brown has proven throughout his entire run as the head man of the Bengals, that he is a very forgiving man. Uh, Whether you go back to the Chris Henry days, you go to the Vontez Perfect days, you go to the Pac-Man Jones days, uh, and all those guys, I I think if nothing else, Mike Brown has been consistent in his philosophy, if that's a word you want to use, um, or what's in his heart, that he, he is a very forgiving man. So I'm not surprised at all that Pac-Man Jones is in this position. Uh, he's, and he even said as much many years ago, he sees himself as a bit of a redeemer. Uh, and, and that's nice. 
Although there are those who would also say save the social work from uh, for away from the field. That's a legitimate point. Do That's not involve point. social work in, in, in the football game or, or is it repre- representing the football team? Yeah. Uh, do what's best overall for the team. So I don't know. Like I said, it's it's a very it's a very gray area, but it's a, it's a pretty good discussion as well. I got you. Doc, thanks for your time, my friend. Have a great weekend. You bet, Tom. Thank you. All right, themorningline.substack.com. You can check it out. It's back. It's back with Paul Doherty. Always very interesting topics when Doc comes on. Uh, that last one, um, you know, and we, we got Tracy Jones, I know, coming up in a couple of minutes. But, 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 fellas, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you are of the younger generation where, uh, you know, Pac-Man Jones, I think, to a lot of younger people, uh, and, and it's safe to say all those things about Chris Henry's kids. Um, he's had his skirmishes and brushes with the law. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but he's gotten very involved in the community. He does a lot of stuff with the Bengals, does the podcast stuff and all that kind of thing. How do you feel about Pac-Man Jones instead of, I'll pull a name out of the, out of the hat, instead of somebody like Max Montoya or someone like that who's been in our community forever and has been nothing but positive for our community? Um, that's a, it is a tough question um, because as much as I think um, maybe outside of football that there was a lot going on with, uh, with Pac-Man, I think he brought a fire to the Bengals. Um, I thought he brought passion. Um, those are two things that I would put high on the ruler of the jungle um, totem. And I think he's done well for himself now. I know maybe recent issues being just a factor in that, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a problem with it or not. I, I don't know what to think because I don't feel like it's a, as big of a deal. I know it's a big deal for, for the, the, the fan base, I guess, but I just don't see it as uh, I don't see it as like some big award or anything. It's just a week for a tiny bit of spotlight. Um, and if you were going to have a problem with that, then you have a problem with his podcast and all the other stuff that he does on the side. Right. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Like- I mean, I don't, I don't have a huge opinion on it. I think it's, sort of like what you said Casey I think he he's made his mistakes he's had a lot of transgressions in his past he's also done some good things to try and make up for a lot of those bad things he's done and if the Bengals are going to go out there and give this to him I, I think in the grand scheme of things it's it's a decision the Bengals made and I'm not going to sit here and knock it one way or the other okay fair enough fair enough it's a complicated topic there's no doubt about it um, one of the most complicated men who walks the planet each and every day is going to join us after this timeout. He is at his palatial estate. I want to find out from Tracy Jones if family has finally rolled into town to this substandard place where he is renting, spending tens upon tens upon thousands of dollars. We're back with Tracy Jones in a moment. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. He's not very well lit. I I don't know how in the world you can be, and, and we'll bring in Tracy Jones. I don't know how in the I mean, you look like you're in witness protection down there right now. Well, I just actually got off the beach, took a, a walk on the beach. Beautiful day. I don't know why it's so dark in here, but I really enjoyed it. Of course, my clothes were off. 
<laughs> no one's at this beach, so clothing is optional. Uh, took Tucker for a nice long walk. Hey, let me touch on something about Pac-Man Jones, because I heard you talking to uh, to Doc earlier. Love yeah. Doc. He's a liberal. He's a big-time liberal, but that's a whole different story. Um, as far as Pac-Man Jones, I am not related to Pac-Man Jones. I just want everybody to know that. Uh, I am 3% black. Uh, my great, great, great grandma was black. 3% black, but no relation to Pac-Man Jones. In fact, I've met Pac-Man a couple times. I like him a lot. He's a pretty decent guy. I know he's done some bad things, but I like him. I think most people that, I, that I've talked to uh, who have been around him, they say the same thing. Uh, they're, they're, they're neighbors of his I've met or people that live on his street or whatever it might be. I think he's in northern Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, but, but, but they all say that same kind of thing, uh, that he's a very engaging guy. He's a warm guy, fun guy to be around, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to drag this into a political mess here, but you said you're 3% African-American. Yes. Um, that was yes. good enough to get Elizabeth Warren, apparently, into college. So uh, have you taken advantage of that in any form or fashion? No, I, I'm sure. I don't know if Dusty Baker, if I played in the World Series, would consider me Afri African-American being 3%. I, I don't, I don't. You know, Tom, I don't want to talk about race and stuff because you know that crowd that all been out will get in trouble. I do have something to tell you, and yes. and this is kind of I'm glad that I'm kind of dark and you can't really see me because what I'm gonna say is big news, and I don't like to ambush you. It's not ambushing you, but I sh probably should have run this past you guys at Chatterbox before I go on with this. Uh, there's a rumor out there that uh, your dad is going to come back and broadcast. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You, you, hang on, Tracy. You are, you are really breaking up here. Um, um, I mean, I, I don't know uh, if that palatial estate, you said it didn't have cable TV. I'm wondering about now the uh, Internet connection. Let's try it again. What is the big news? There's a rumor out there for me. Uh -oh. The rumor is that your dad is coming back to broadcast. There's a rumor now, out there that my dad is coming back to broadcast. There is zero chance. Where, where did you hear that rumor? I heard that rumor. And it's kind of funny because we both agree that your dad is what you, I mean, the show Wednesday is like peak Marty. Marty is getting better. And I think Marty has really regretted uh, retiring. And I think he's going to pull a Tom Brady. I really do. Now, he's not going to divorce Amanda. You know, he's not that stupid. But I am hearing, and I've heard it from two sources, that he's thinking about coming back and being a, a broadcaster in some capacity. That's what I hear, Tom. You can go can, with is it. Is there any I, way, I, Casey, I we can call my dad? Do you have his number? Um, he's actually out of the country. I do not. Oh, that's oh, right. That's he's right. out of the country. That's right. He's on. He's on the uh, the high seas. Probably not too far away from you right now. Yeah, and and I know this for a fact. He's been practicing. Uh, he's been watching the World Series. He's been practicing. Now he doesn't want to jump into this right away. This broadcast because he's been off for for a while. So I'm hearing that he's going to broadcast the Cyclones game just to kind of you know, hone his craft a little bit. 
and uh, go from there. This is big stuff, and it's a huge rumor. I know it's kind of stretched a little bit, but I've heard it from more than one source. And I'll tell you how I knew something was going on. Your dad and I were having dinner the other night at Walt's Hitching Post. And all of a sudden, Marty jumps up and goes, and this one belongs to the Cyclones. And I go, Marty, where did that come from? It's kind of like Tourette's. And Marty said, I'll, I'll take the steak. And, and he changed the subject. Something's going on with your dad, and I just want to break it on your show, Tom. Well, you know, I mean, we, we, this is the kind of thing where, you know, uh, the media in this day and age are going to report on things that aren't true um, or they're, they're going to, you know, not have confirmed sources on this. Um, so, you know, I, okay, I, let I, mean, me ask you I, I don't know where to go with this because I don't think there's okay. any chance whatsoever okay. of that happening. That's yeah, my this- opinion, though. Yeah, that, you have nothing to do with this. I mean, I'll, I'll take the pressure. I, I, have no, I have no problem with that. Let me ask you this, and sure. you agree on this. Don't you think your dad's just as good? Don't you think his voice is better now than we go back to 1974 when he first broadcast? Well, it's Marty's much better. better. It's, it's much better. Yeah. The, the, the timber in his voice is much different. He stopped smoking, as you know, uh, which he used to smoke for many, many, many years. Yep. Uh, he just sounds better. Um, his voice is spectacular. Uh, but I can promise you, uh, wherever your source is, is, is this by chance uh, from your old friend Richard from Indian Hill? Is he part of this rumor mill? Listen, I'm not, not going to tell you my sources. I'm not of course myself. you're not. Of co- you're like the New uh, York Times. Of course Times. I'm not. That's exactly right, Tom. You know, one of the reasons you have me on this show is because of my connections. Is that not true? That's right, true, and, and because you are able to see things other people don't see. Right, and this is something I'm hearing. This is what I'm hearing, that Marty's coming back and broadcast. Remember, I played for five major league teams, played in the American League, the National League, the East Coast, the West Coast. Damn it, Tom, I played in Canada. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. I have a lot of connections, and this is why you have me. And to break stories like this, you can laugh all you want. I know Casey and Paul are going, yeah, yeah, right. Watch when it happens and it goes down. Everybody's going to be talking about it because they heard it on Chatterbox. That's, that's what I'm talking about, Tom. Casey, Paul, do you have anything to add to what is clearly, uh, it's the equivalent of, uh, of what we were talking about before the show. Well, you know about what? What Stephen Colbert did the other night. You no. Know, he's being ripped up one side and down the other for, you know, I mean, just, you know, saying something that's just not even close to being true and, <laughs> And, and this is Tracy Jones right now. Well, I think, honestly, yeah. Tracy, I think I have to side with you because I know the Cyclones, they upped the dollar beer night from $1 beers to $2 beers. So if he needs to go down there and get comps some beers, what better way to do it than announce the game? So I'm in on it. Uh, see, so you can get that visual. Also, you know, when I was over at Marty's house uh, the other night. I thought you said you were at Walt's Hitching Post. Yeah, I was. That was another night. I see Marty. I see your dad more than you see him. Remember, Tom, I'm the major leaguer he never had. Now, he's kind of proud of you, but he's really proud of me. But I went over to Marty's house, and he was sweeping. You know, he had a sweeper out. He was vacuuming. And then the other day, about four days ago, I go over to his house, and he's cleaning out the gutters. He's up on the roof. Now, he's 80 years old, and he's cleaning out gutters. My whole point is, 
He's bored to death. Amanda wants him out of the house and back to work. And that's and this is going to go down. I don't know when it's going to go down, but he's going to be broadcasting. I'm not telling you it might it might not be the Reds. I have three teams. You want to hear them? Let me hear them. The Angels, because of the politics, Orange County. Okay. Number two, the Marlins, and number three, the Rays. You ask why? No taxes in Florida, and you know Marty watches his money. So those are the three teams that I think is a possibility. And Tom, he's going to need a, a color man, and I think you would be perfect. No, no, I was getting, as soon as you said those two words, color man, I, my thought immediately is why not Tracy Jones and Marty Brenneman in the booth? Could you imagine that, the success that you two have enjoyed for decades? Brenneman and Jones on baseball, to now all of a sudden have three hours of that in a broadcast booth every single night. What do you think yeah. the reaction would be like in Miami, Florida, if you two I were really, on the uh, air doing, doing Marlins games on a nightly basis? I, I think it would go over well. It's just I'm so popular in Bellevue. I mean, I'm like the, you know... <laughs> I'm like a king in Bellevue. Everybody's, oh, how you doing today, Trace? It's like, <laughs> how could I leave Bellevue, Kentucky? I can't do that. I really can't. So I would stay. However, if you got a job with Marty, how do I figure in? Because you Brennemans can't do it without Tracy Jones. Tracy Jones is part of your show. Tracy Jones is part of Marty's show. I'm a big part of the Brennemans. Can you fit me in somehow, some way? Dude, I, I'm telling you, I, I, think that the, the, I think the pairing would be you and Marty uh, on either Marlins, Tampa Bay Rays. Lord knows the audience would jump dramatically for those two franchise, if you, franchises if you guys showed up. And the Angels, I mean, that's back in your old stomping ground out there. Whew. You talking about some clean heinies out in Orange County. Whew. Nice, nice, real nice. You know what I'm talking about, Tom? Am I breaking up? Oh, sorry. I, I, I do know what you're talking about. I know exactly. Hey, hey, can what we you're talk? Hey, can we talk a little bit about something that you said about uh, baseball and how you wanted a clock? That might have been the Well, it's stupid. going to happen. It's not a matter no, of whether I want well, it or don't want it. It's going to happen. So, I mean, it's going to happen starting next year. It doesn't make it right, Tom. I love baseball the way it is. Every single game has a clock, right? Except for baseball. That's what makes baseball so special. No, it's what's making baseball a dying game. No, I totally disagree with that. If you watch the World Series and you watch the playoffs, there is not the World a World Series and the playoffs are different, Tracy. The, 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 the issue is not people watching the playoffs or the World Series, although I got to tell you, I got to tell you, it's going to be fascinating because when they had that rain out in Philadelphia the other night, we talked about it on this show at the time. You weren't on that day. Um this is baseball's worst nightmare, potentially. And I'm not saying it's a slam dunk on what's going to happen. 
But they, they are keeping the travel day on Friday after game five tonight. They're keeping okay. the travel day in the schedule, which means, and, 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 and the power brokers at B on Park Avenue and the MLB offices will tell you this behind closed doors. This is like a nightmare scenario for them. And that is arguably a game six and a game seven. The two biggest games in the sport of baseball. Okay, the World Series. This is their Super Bowl. Are going to have to go head-to-head with college football on Saturday where you've got Tennessee playing Georgia. You got Alabama playing LSU. You got all these big games in college football. And then if it goes to game seven, Major League Baseball is going up head to head with the National Football League. And we're talking about regular season games in college and pro. The ratings. Who cares? We don't want that football crowd. We don't want that NBA crowd. We don't want that. We're spe- we've, we've fought, I've followed the game of baseball since I was four years old. My mom let me stay home from kindergarten to watch the World Series against the Cardinals, against the Tigers. Okay, I love the game of baseball. And when I hear you slam that great game saying you want a clock, you know who wants the clock, Tom? Announcers like you. That's why you want it. Your dad, this is why I love your dad, because he's so old school. He wanted those games to go on forever. He loved doubleheaders, didn't he? He loved the banana phone, right, Tom? His favorite player, do you know who it was? Who? Mike Tracy Hargrove. Jones. Mike Hargrove. You remember him? Oh Human rain God. delay, right? He didn't care if the game went 18 innings. Marty was old school, like a Kurt Gowdy, those types. Okay, guys. all right. Well, look, I'll be the first to admit. On multiple issues with baseball, I am still very old school. My concern is for the sport. The playoffs in the World Series are not the problem with a pitch clock. The problem is 162 games. You just can't keep the fan base you're trying to build up, the younger people, you can't get them to watch without more action, Tracy. That's the question. So the sport worked for how many years, and all of a sudden you're going to change it up? Because well, because society has changed, Tracy. Society has changed. And baseball games used to be, as you well know, and I've said on this show a thousand times, When I was announcing the Cubs games in the early 90s, back when you were playing, late 80s, early 90s, uh, back uh, even when I moved on to the Diamondbacks in the mid-90s and the late 90s, a three-hour game was rare. Most games were in that 220, 240 range right in there. And this was all pre-quote-unquote internet, cell phones, computers, all that kind of thing. Two generations of kids have grown up. Now, when they turn on a baseball game, it's three hours plus 315, 320. Paul, you can jump in here on this, Casey, too. You guys are living proof of what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, broadcasting in the minor leagues last year, the Orioles – 
put, placed a huge emphasis on taking pitches, right? They didn't want you to swing at pitches. They wanted you to develop your eye. They wanted you to develop how you saw the pitches and get deeper into counts. But what that meant was the team that I broadcasted for, Tracy, they were double-A team for the Orioles. They went yeah. from playing the fastest games in the minor leagues the year before I got there to last year playing the longest games or one of the longest games because every player was – it was five, six, seven pitch at bats, which I mean, you well know is a great at bat. It's a quality at bat. You want to see five, six pitches in an at bat, and you're going to hit a home run because eventually the pitcher's going to run out of stuff. But what that led to was crowds leaving in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning because the games ran long, and every game being three hours, three hours and fifteen minutes, even in the minor leagues. Now, this year. I've talked to a lot of the guys in the minor leagues that I broadcasted with last year that were there and, and saw that pitch clock in real time. They talked that, yeah, it was an adjustment in the beginning, but that the quality of play didn't decline. And in fact, it was just the same. It just took out a lot of that unwanted dead time. So that's, that's where I stand on it. No, nobody's complaining. The only people that are complaining are you announcers. You know, no one complains. You know, everybody wants the game over with, right? You know why? Because the broadcasters are lousy. How could you have a Tom Brenneman sitting here doing a show? The guy's one of the best broadcasters, period. Vin Scully has passed. Uh, a guy by the name of uh, Marty Brenneman, who's coming back. I don't know for what organization he's going to be broadcasting for. I mean, but if you have great broadcasters, who cares if the game goes three and a half hours? I mean, you guys, you guys do because you work it. You want to get no, out of there. No, 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 Tracy, no, no. It has to do with because I sat through hundreds, if not thousands, of NFL games that go three hours or college okay, football games going three hours. But the difference is the amount of action that takes place Nobody seems to, to mind sitting through a, a three-hour football game. They really don't. You say you don't want their crowd, that's fine. But I'm saying nobody minds sitting through a three-hour football game because there is action. A three-hour baseball game, three-hour and 20-minute baseball game, it's day great. after day it's after great. day in June and July and August, it's not cutting it. Or they well, wouldn't be doing it. you know it. what? You know what? Like I said, we don't want the NBA crowd. Don't go to the baseball. We're not going to get that crowd. It's cerebral. We're always thinking. I can't tell you. I'm sitting here enjoying baseball, guessing what pitcher is going to throw what pitch. Is he going to throw a curveball? Is he going to throw a fastball? Watching why Berkman is so good to the ball because he's got short arms, right? I mean, getting into it and really breaking it down. you got to enjoy that in baseball. That's what I, it's all about. I do in the postseason. Paul, you had something to add. Yeah, no, I just wanted to ask you, Tracy, if you look at the minor leagues and you say that, okay, next year with the pitch clock, that the quality of play would stay the exact same, but you would take out all of the unwanted dead time in the game where guys are standing around or guys are fixing their gloves or whatever it might be. Are you, are you still against, even if the quality of play is the exact same, this exact same, nothing changes, but you just eliminate those unwanted dead periods. Are, are you still, you still just don't want to okay. change anything? Let me break it down for you, JOs. Okay. I enjoy the game of baseball. Okay. <laughs> I don't care if it lasts four hours. I'll tell you how sick I was, Tom. I would go watch batting practice when I go to an angel game. I'd go and watch batting practice when I went to a Dodger game. 
I love the game. And I think you don't care about if it, if it lasts two hours and 35 minutes or two hours and 45. And let me, let me add one more thing here. If you really want to know the breakdown of the time, there was actually a study with the Royals and the Twins. I think we talked about this. I think I talked about it with your dad. The first three innings, Tom, are fine. They're within yeah. that 15 second pitch. You're right. Then the second time around the batting order, it gets a little longer. And then when the relief pitchers come in, then we really slow it down. Yep. You ever see a baseball game? The first three innings, you're selling through. It's like, oh, man, this is going to be a two-hour game. And then it starts to drag a little bit. I like those games. I'm not in a rush, Tom. I just sit there, eat my popcorn, or I don't eat popcorn. I eat my salty <laughs> peanuts and my, my uh, root beer, whatever I'm drinking, and watch a baseball game. That, that's okay. what I enjoy. Right. I like it. Okay. All right. We, we, that's we, why we, you have me here. We just agree to disagree, and that's fine. Now, before we let you go, I have to ask you, um, have the accommodations improved at all? Because a lot of people are wondering, you know, you were with us down in Cancun at that alleged six-star resort. Uh, you called it a dump. Um, you get to the place, this, this, you know, what, seven, eight, nine, ten bedroom spread. You're renting down there along the west coast of Florida. You said it's not up to standard. You didn't have cable TV. Uh, you couldn't watch a Bengals game the other night. Whole nine yards. You got family, you said, coming in. Um, it ha it have, have the accommodations improved? Well, let me just say this. We don't have very good lighting in this room, do we? That's another complaint. It's a power I mean, out? It's just, it's just, it's just half-ass. I'm supposed to have someone put in some Wi-Fi into the building, and they are supposed to be here at 8 o'clock, and it's now 12 o'clock. So you're late, right? You're late. And then I talked to the guy. Well, that's a whole different story. I don't want to, I go from one to a hundred. I don't know if you know that, Tom. And then I start being very uh, chippy. Uh, is that, yeah, chippy. And I start getting a little angry that we have no Wi-Fi. Thank God Danae brought her, her, her card that she uses to access the internet or she couldn't work. It, it's just, come on, I'm paying top dollar. You know, it's, it's all right for Paul and Casey to have a place like this. They probably think it's big time. But for someone like a Tracy Jones, it's, it's not that great. And I, I'm probably not going to come back. Well, now, Tracy, one, one, of our, one, of our, one of our loyal viewers, um, Sir Boy Wonder, he goes by, says, you know what? Red Roof Inn has uh, plenty of internet and plenty of good lighting. But you look down your nose at the possibility of that kind of okay. thing. Okay, let me pull back the curtain just a little bit. Can I pull it back a little bit? Please. I stayed at the Red Roof Inn when we drove up here for the night. Okay, <laughs> that place is a dump. And the only reason I stayed there is because they allow dogs, right? Okay, so we always stay at a Red Roof Inn because they allow dogs. That's fine. You know, it's, it's a, it was $125 a night. But here's the problem. There was some crackhead upstairs that walked around till four o'clock in the morning. I don't know if it was, I, they were certainly a druggie, you know, on meth, kept me and Tucker, Danae fell asleep, she is tired. But you heard Tucker the whole night going, because he'd hear noises. But some crackhead loser, probably a Democrat, was sitting there, you know, on drugs. It was very irritating, but I do like the Red Roof Inn. They're fine. They're the cheapest hotel going. Not in my character, though, Tom. 
All right, Trace, before I let you go, because uh, it, it, it will go down one way or the other over the weekend, and you've been waffling on this whole thing the entire time anyway, but, um, which is normally not your style, but it is on this. Before we let you go, series is tied 2-2. It's down to a best of three now. Uh, who wins the World Series? You know, this game tonight is going to be interesting. I'll tell you why. Sundergaard against Verlander. They're both really good friends. They both had Tommy John surgery in the offseason. And if you look at their stats, Sundergaard has pitched like nine innings in a month, right? And Verlander's given up 12 runs in 15 innings. See, I actually prepare for the show as well. I've got a lot of information. So those guys had Tommy John surgery in the offseason. They rehab together. Sundergaard really respects Verlander. I just think we're going to get a big surprise. I think my point is this. i got to get to the point because I get a little long-winded the point is i think they've hit a wall both those pitchers they're tired and because furlander giving up 12 runs and 15 innings that's kind of crazy right right so we'll see tonight again i didn't answer your question i talked for five minutes and didn't answer your question that's why i'm so good at this uh, broadcasting stuff. are you going to answer it or not i'm gonna go with the astros okay although yeah. and dusty i love dusty and that whole thing about African-Americans, no African-Americans. That's a big in deal. World Series. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. And if Back I played, you... would you consider me the 3% if I was playing in the World Series? Would no, you consider I would me not. An no, I would not. But this is a big, big deal in baseball. And, and I was on a panel uh, that had a, a three-hour conversation about this. Uh, uh, people who are a lot smarter and a lot more uh, learned than I am. Uh, back when you played, yeah, African American ball players made up over eighteen, closer to nineteen percent of those in the major leagues. That number now is down under six percent in the major leagues. And uh, you know, Tony Clark, head of the union, Rob Manfred, Dusty Baker, uh, all the power brokers uh, are embarrassed uh, by this whole thing. Um, uh, but but they will point to the fact, as you pointed out uh, not too long ago, we briefly touched on this discussion, that I think it was like uh, four of the top eight or nine and then like yes. 11 of the top 22 that were in this year's draft were African-American. So perhaps it's starting to move in the right direction. Trace and, and let me just, But let me just end it on this because I, I dated an African-American girl when I was in high school and she always brought up the point, I think it was a legitimate point, is... Why aren't there any black place kickers in the NFL? That really bothered her. Think about that, Tom. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly something to think about. Because yeah. you, you, go, you go to a ton of high school football games, and I do because I still have a son in high school. Yep. Uh, you, you see a, a, a ton of teams whose who's best athlete, kind of like you were in high school, right? You probably did yeah. everything, right? You know, play offense, play defense. You're the punter. You're the field goal kicker, the whole nine yards. And um, there are African-American field goal kickers everywhere at the high school level. That's a very interesting yeah. We got to do something about that, Tom. All right. Tracer, have a great rest of the time on your trip. All right. See you, boys. See, See you, Tracy. How about that? Thought-provoking stuff from Tracy Jones, as always. He's been thought-provoking this week. Those are a good couple of shows from Tracy. Uh, mediocre, truth be told, at best. <laughs> mediocre at best. Um, okay, do we have a cherry on top? Uh, yeah, by we United do. Dairy Farmers. By the way, Tracy Jones, uh, the Tracy Jones 
uh, experience, we'll call it from now on. Brought to you by Encore Technology. So what's our cherry on top? Courtesy of Trace Fowler. Uh, this is a pretty good explanation of, of Casey here and his fandom. We're going to flash it up on the screen. Now, can you read that? I can't see that. Yes, I'll read it to you here. Please do. Yes. So, Casey got photoshopped here from, uh, from our good guy, Trace. An enthusiastic devotee, the definition of a fan. An enthusiastic devotee as of a sport or a performing art, usually as a spectator, but also very high volatility and says stink a lot. And that is Casey McAllister. Love it. Case, any reaction before we leave? That's accurate. Beautiful. I love it. Not too picky right now. Well, you better update after the weekend, Casey, the stink list. <laughs> of course. Of course. Okay, we'll, we'll update that on Monday. Um, Paul show, not too picky, excuse me, is coming up in about two minutes from now. Yeah. And then after that, it'll be um, – Today, no, not today, box no. lunch. But yep. moving forward, they'll be on after us and then your show on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, again, we will not be here tomorrow. Box lunch will be taking the 10 to 12 o'clock time spot tomorrow. Um, we are not here with Off the Bench. So um, we got lots to catch up on Monday. I mean, we'll, we'll have the World Series come to an end. We got the Bengals. We got a huge weekend of college football. Fellas, I hope you both have a great weekend and stay safe. Yeah, you too, yeah, Tom. You too, Enjoy Tom. Fort Worth. I will. Can't wait to see what shoes you wear. Yeah, make sure you pick up that cowboy hat. Okay. All of you have a great weekend. God bless. We will see you on Monday.